Hello and welcome to Nerd's Eye View, episode number 216. For the first week of, what is this, March? Yep, Smarch. Smarch. Uh-huh. Everyone's about to get their watches. Yeah. Their smart watches, yep. smarches. Is that what we're going to call it? Is it? Is it because all the? Oh man! But, well, swatch is already a thing. Yeah, that's why they got to be smarches because you just take that W, oh. you turn it upside down, and you got a smart watch. That's well. I mean, I guess we're going to live with it now, aren't we? Yeah, we have to. I mean, it's already a term. Well, don't they just call it? Are, are they just calling it an Apple Watch? No, the because new, because everyone new, has one. Motorola has one. Well, yeah. Google's going to have one. But Apple's like, first or no? I think theirs is going to come out first. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's already some stuff. There's like Pebble. That's a thing. Yes. Yeah. And their, like their next Bluetooth one is attachment. coming out. Their next yeah. one's coming out, and it actually has a color e-ink, which is it looks about, really nice. I've heard about all this. Yeah. And it's, it's better, too, because it's got like a week-long battery life instead mm-hmm. of a day. Way better. Anyway, I'm Jordan. I'm Andrew. And who do we have with us? Hi. My name's Justin. Welcome. How, Justin, many, like, let's wait, this, how many times is this for me? It's my third? Third or fourth. Third or fourth, around that area. Yeah, yeah. three or four hundred. Three know. or four hundred million <laughs> times. Yeah, in our two hundred sixteen episodes. Well, see, I'm in there a lot. No, no. <laughs> what what the audience doesn't know is we record a show every day, and we just pick the best one that week, and we put that one out. Yeah, that's why there wasn't uh, one earlier this week. Yeah, because it just wasn't good enough. Because it just, I mean, no, I was, yeah, I look, was dying. We so. have a very high <laughs> level that we try and achieve, and if we don't hit it. We don't want to pass that down to our viewers. No, of course not. No. Or listeners. Yeah. I don't know. So what, what are we reviewing this week? Uh, what we do in the shadows. Good. He nailed it. Yeah. 100%. I didn't, unlike the episode number, I didn't have to scroll down to look. No. Uh, but I loved when um, there was a recent Douglas movies where, where Jermaine Clement and uh, whatever the Taika. other guys. Taika Waititi. And that's as far as I go. They were Taika those, Waititi. Those two were on Douglas movies and, uh-huh. and Doug... Uh, he could not get the name of the movie right on the really? first couple of tracks. He was like, what's done in the shadows? What what's the shadows done, do? What the shadows do? So now I think that's a good gag. I think that's, that's a pretty, pretty good gag. Yep. Uh, well, then I messed up by saying it right. If, well, Dang. no, that's why I give you 100%. All right, cool. That's all I ask. But uh, we're going to do what we normally do. We're going to have our box office top 10. Our new releases are, uh, we got a little special break in the middle plan for you, our review, and then we have our special segment that goes by the name of... Guess the Ending. Oh my goodness. Let's get to it. All right. Let's get that box office top ten. Count me down. I don't want to travel in number (laughs) ten. Hot Tub Time Machine 2. And you definitely wouldn't want to do it if you were number nine. Still Alice. Who is also known as number eight. The Duff. Uh... Yeah, you, you don't want to get in the sights of number seven. American Sniper. Especially if you're hiding out in number six. McFarland, USA. Because you're trying to run from number five. The Lazarus Effect. Which is caused by number four. Fifty Shades of Grey. And the only cure for that is number three. The SpongeBob movie. Sponge out of water. <laughs> Who is definitely not a part of number two. Kingsman, The Secret Service. But you can't lose number one. Focus. Good. You're using the ad campaign for yeah. them. Yeah. Never lose focus. I like, know. It's it's in my head now. It's, I, do, I still don't want to see the movie, no matter how many times I see the commercial, but it's the tagline's in my head. Mm-hmm. I think uh, based on a, a you know, friend of the show, or a friend of a friend of the show, I don't know how to describe it, uh, Derek Armijo's uh, review on mm. Facebook, 
in in my mind, focus is like very similar to Black Hat, where yeah. it's kind of like a bunch of nonsense happens, and at the end, you just don't really care. Right. Just like okay, mm. cool. That right. happened. That happened. I Thanks. lost twelve dollars, and it did not make a lot of money. It looks like under twenty million. That's really, I mean. But it's number one, is, Andrew. But it's is, a number one in a weekend where no one's seeing movie. Am I right that last? No, it was two weeks ago. It was, was up the Oscars. Lazarus effect. So it's, yeah, it's got a stiff competition. Yeah, which I'm sorry, but that was a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> the Lazarus effect, like a horror movie coming out this time of year. Were you going to say more people saw movies Oscar weekend than this last yeah. weekend? Yeah, I think you're right. No, 100. <laughs> percent 103 million last week. Yeah, 89 million numbers, this week. Yeah. Oh like, my god! I just think. You know what it is? What I think is going on is maybe people are either video on demanding or just watching uh, the movies that were Oscars. Because yeah, if someone possibly. saw the Oscars and they saw, you know, every single time they put up a trailer or people talked about it or whatever, I bet they garnered a lot of interest and now people are watching the movies that they missed. Well, that's definitely where still Alice is in the top ten. Right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah that's that's really something. Poor, I mean, will, do we need to start a campaign to save Will Smith from... Himself, I, I, you know, I think Will Smith's in a place where he realizes that he might need to shake things up for himself. Because I remember reading in in an interview where he said he felt really bad after After Earth, as he should. And uh, he yeah, because like, he he and his son spearheaded that. Like they like a, they like brought someone in to help them write it, but it was basically their brainchild. Yeah, I think I think. Uh, Oh man, I don't want I don't want to see Will Smith go down some dark path no, no, no. or something right see, now. This, I'm really afraid. I, I recently had an idea of like uh, an actor's career where uh, there are certain actors that will go through their entire career and they're never really leading men. They're always, you know, co-stars or or you know some ancillary character where they're really good in their roles, but they never become the leading man. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important at some point when an actor is a leading man and has been a leading man for a long time, yeah. they have to learn to be a co-star at some point. And if they don't, they go down the road that Will Smith is pointed to right now where he just starts sh- being in bad movies mm-hmm. and he can't get it out of that tailspin. Well, here's the funny thing about that. Like I was actually talking of all things. I was talking about Will Smith's career last weekend. Mm-hmm. Of course. And like, I do it every day. Uh, oh, well, hey, fair enough. Yeah. Um, but, um, it, it was kind of like a discussion started from like, there was a period right now. There's a Hollywood period where they're like telling me Jai Courtney's a movie star. And I'm like, no, where did you get that idea? Yeah, that's something, isn't it? And so it's like that in Taylor Kitsch and Sam Worthington. They keep saying, these guys are movie stars. And I go, don't we have a say in who the movie star is? <laughs> and I bring up Will Smith. And my point with Will Smith is that, yes, he was on a very popular TV show. But his movie career started off very slowly. Yeah. Like he started as, like you said, he started off actually in uh, supporting roles. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you guys ever remembered the comedy Made in America I think it's the name of the title. It's Whoopi Goldberg, Ted Danson. So he was the funny, goofy guy in that movie. Huh. And then, you know, so I was like, oh, hey, it's Will Smith, the guy on TV and the rapper, and he's really funny in this, but he wasn't the focus. So he just got to be funny. Then he was in Six Degrees of Separation. Mm-hmm. And that's... That's a got, drama. That's a drama. <laughs> he played a gay man. And people go, hey, he has chops. Like, he actually can play outside of what we're used to him. Mm-hmm. And then, and as I put it, and then you get him to be a little bit more Will Smithy in B- in Bad Boys. Yeah. And then they're like, "Oh, we well, like it," but he wasn't the lead. He was co-starring with with Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Then you put him in an ensemble. And I would, you know, ID four. Oh yeah, yeah. And then you know, like, oh, but he gets to be even more Will Smithy in ID four. But he's part of the ensemble. He wasn't the focus. Then Men in Black. 
the most Will Smith he's got. He's been in these three movies, but he's still technically the co-star. Mm-hmm. So eventually, but audience groups, hey, we like him. We they start to really like him, and eventually he kind of earned his leading man status. And now he's what you're kind of pointing. At. It's like he's got to relearn how to share the screen. The 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 most notable thing looking at his IMDb uh, page is that you're right. In Bad Boys One, he was a co-star. Yep. Right. But in Bad Boys Two, I would argue he's the leading role. Yes. And his totally. career and his trajectory says that's why that is. Yeah. So I don't know. I think he's got to he's got to change what he's doing because well, he's not. You heard about his new movie now, The Suicide Squad. Yeah. Yeah. So which he is in fact now sharing. Yep. Oh well, yeah. That is just a whole bunch of names. That's a whole bunch of names. And yeah. and it's really interesting because he's playing a role that is normally a white person. Right. Uh, well, and that's where the even comic book. If he makes is. it to the final movie, because already yeah, people Tom Hardy are dropped out. People that's are true. dropping in and out like flies right <laughs> yeah. now. And ironically, his his focus co star is in that movie too. Yeah, that's yeah. that's really interesting. So, like, you know, if you want a taste of that, I don't know how much screen time they're actually going to have <laughs> together in the other one, but. Deadshot uh, and, and Harley Quinn is currently in focus, so you can go see them right now. So. <laughs> but I mean, it feels like nobody cares. That's yeah, what well, eighteen apparently million about eighteen says to million me. dollars worth of people care and a little, a little. <laughs> yeah, a I think bit. that I think that's just his name. I think I think his name was, just draws eighteen million at this yeah. point. But uh, at this point, yes, that's all yep. it draws, and it, it's all it's going to keep drawing that, and then it just won't anymore. There yeah. were a few years where where he was they called him like the you know the summer blockbuster man. Fourth like, of July was his weekend. Yeah. 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 Uh, but then I think by the time we got to Men in Black three, people should have known that it was done because yep. that was like a January February release. Didn't, and mm-hmm. uh, didn't the Fourth of Ju- didn't the Fourth of July thing start with Independence Day? It did. Yeah. Or did it start with Bad Boys? It started with it definitely started with ID Four. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Because cause that was huge. Okay. Obviously, it came out I as it should on on yeah. Independence Day. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But Men in Black came out on the same weekend simply because of the fact that hey, the other one worked. The other time we spent <laughs> right. aliens. Yeah, it's gonna work. It's got to work this time, and it to their credit, yes, it did. So. Maybe they should have released after Earth on July fourth. Oh okay. no no no, that's okay. There are no, aliens. No, All right. day, and that no one? save. No aliens? day will save that one. See, the funny thing is. Is like for the longest time, like maybe Will Smith doesn't need to be so Will Smithy, but sure. he was not Will Smithy in After Earth at all. Right. He was so drab. Like he needs to find the happy medium. Like I, I kind of like the way he was in Hitch, where yeah. he was just some angry, pissed off dude, mm-hmm. but he was still Will Smith. Right. Right. Whereas he was not Will Smith in After Earth. No. He was his son's version of Will Smith, I think. Because <laughs> he had to make his son. It's the only way his son. I'm sorry. I'm sure he's a nice kid and everything, but it's the only way to make his son look good is if he looks really bad. Sure. <laughs> You're sticking up for Jaden Smith right now. <laughs> I guess. Not really. I kind of said that the only way he looks good is if Will Smith makes himself look bad. And the movie quotes a really good video game, so that has always oh, okay. bothered me. Fear is a Mind Killer or whatever. Uh-huh. That's from Rez, which is an amazing video oh, okay. game. I should have made that into a movie. But... Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Rez in a movie. Uh, but you need the six vibrating things if you're going to... Oh. They have to vibrate your seat if they're going to make Res a movie. Well, that's a, that's a cinema experience. I need to I mean, right. <laughs> they're already trying to do that with those weird... What do they call them? The, the, the 4D or, or the... The bucket. Something the, the bucket. The box? No, it's... Oh, box. Something. D-box? D-box. Yeah, yeah. D-box. Yep. Those I, are weird. Because <laughs> they mimic... They got their idea, I'm sorry, from Disneyland. Because oh, yeah. in the... Sure. Uh, in the Captain EO theater, mm-hmm. the seats vibrate yeah. and shake and all that stuff, and wind blows in your face. Yeah. That's where they got it. Yeah. I think they owe Disney some I believe money. you. Well, you know, they're not too far from Disneyland. That's true. Like the one that I've seen. Hop, so. skip, and a yeah. jump away. Exactly. So, <laughs> Yeah, but you throw some money to the mouse. Just gotta say. <laughs> 
He needs it. He's he's barely getting by. (laughs) He's struggling. Yeah. If you don't want to go to theaters, which it looks like not a lot of you do, uh, you can stay at home and watch uh, one of these new releases Uh, on DVD and Blu-ray. We got Foxcatcher. I don't recommend it. That's a movie. (laughs) Justin, I actually haven't seen it yet. Okay. Well, I think both Jordan and I say don't. It's a movie. He says it's a movie. Like some people were in front of a camera. Yep. And then they put it together. Yep. Here's what I've warned. They put on prosthetic people. noses for no reason because the guy in real life nose. did not have a pres- have a nose that big. <laughs> I've seen pictures of the dude. His nose is not that big. Uh, here's what I've told people who are going to watch Foxcatcher. Um, you're going to see a lot of paintings on walls. Oh, my God. It's a painting movie it's, without any it's, paintings. It's just like, just hey, lots of paintings. check this house out. <laughs> lots of paintings. Look at this old house with all these old paintings. Uh, all right. So next Sorry. up is Life Partners, <gasps> Life Partner. uh, which this was a film that intrigued me. Uh, it has Gillian Jacobs and um, oh. dropping her name. But it's, it's, I know who you're talking it's about. It's the Gossip Girl girl. The gossip girl Minka. Yeah. Nope. Not Minka. <laughs> Not <laughs> Minka. Nope. Incorrect. <laughs> nope. The other one. Well, well, this is like Adam Brody in this movie too, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. They are it's, there's one two... gay, one stray, and they're best friends. Yeah, they're best friends, and they have to deal with um, one of them wants to have a baby or something. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but it sounded interesting, different, mm. new, exciting. Yeah, so the and Gillian Jacobs. You've got to give her something. None of your... community's probably not going to make it past season six. I'm sorry. Well, after that, it's a movie. That's the I will. Please. Please. <laughs> All right. Uh, last on DVD and Blu-ray we have, stick with me here, it's a long one, The Hunger Games, Mockingjay, part one. Did you say colon? Uh, colon. Oh, no, i got to start over. Okay, stick with me. It's an extra long one. The Hunger Games, colon, Mockingjay, colon, part one, colon, based on the book uh, pushed by Sapphire. So, uh, (laughs) my goodness. What I was going to say about this. So, at my school, they're going to be showing this movie for free uh, to students. Oh, I love that. It's like once a week, right? Yeah. The poster that they're using to promote it is a picture of... Uh, this is something that's not in the film at all. I'm just going to tell you. It's just a, a straight-on shot of Gale holding a gun and in tactical gear, which which I was like, was this in the film? Oh, nope. right. There's that part at the end where they do a tactical thing with guns. And I was oh, yeah. like, that was a thing that I just completely forgot about because that movie just has nothing. Like, that's there's nothing the going on. That's the poster they used? Yeah, to that's promote? To, promo- to get students to come watch it, I guess. Like, we have Liam Hemsworth with a gun. Is he? Is that enough for you guys? I guess he's the most attractive I would argue. Male? That, I would argue that? Jennifer Lawrence would probably be a better sale. Well, but she's not male. <laughs> <laughs> he said the most attractive I was, I was male. I getting a funny look from, from Juliana, our studio audience. <laughs> What would sell you on going to see Hunger Games? Who would have to be on the poster? She says Hemsworth. Yeah. So right, there well, you go. I, I would. I would. I would argue Donald Sutherland, but I'm a different. I would argue kind of Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh you my put goodness! Put him on that poster. I'm oh there. yeah, because everyone's like, wait, he's not there anymore. Yeah, it is sad <laughs> because whatever they're going to do in part two, they're going to give all his lines to somebody else, and that's going to be a real big bummer. <laughs> it's sad they can't do what they're doing with Paul Walker, where they just bring in one of his brothers and then computer generate his face onto him. Well. I mean, I guess if one of Paul Walker's brothers could be Philip Seymour Hoffman, that could work. I'm I guess. sure one of them has to be, right? Where's the fat walker? <laughs> <laughs> the 
like Fat Walker. Hey, Fat Walker, come here. <laughs> That's like b- b- before uh, uh, Donnie was just as famous as Mark Wahlberg. They yeah. say, "Where's the Fat Wahlberg? Where's the Fat Wahlberg? Where's the fat one, <laughs> honey? You make- gotta stand it. <laughs> We're gonna give you ten bucks to stand there for your brother. Make me a burger. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on to DVD only. We have a film that I can only guess has been titled by Reddit. It's called Ask Me Anything. Yep. Uh, I did some investigating. This film uh, is about a, a girl who, a woman, I, I'm, I'll, I'll age her up a little because I don't think she's that young. Uh, because she's she's a, in college. She's a college-age girl who's having sexual escapades and writing about it in her blog. Yep. An anonymous blog. Mm-hmm. Um, this was actually based on a book. Mm. I think they're calling it Ask Me Anything to get that Reddit crowd somehow. I don't yeah. know. Uh, but yeah, the book has a dumb name too. It's like Lonely Girl or something, but the girl is spelled with a Y. Jeez. So I think that's why they were like, oh yeah. And of course, there's nothing on the on the poster about based on the this based book. On the novel. Because well, you know, like the millions of followers who read that book. Well, yeah, they just say it's based yeah. on this book, and millions of people are going to show mm-hmm. up. Hundreds of millions, even. Uh, and then uh, next up on DVD only, we have the true story: the dog who saved Easter. Oh my God! Can I read the thing? Yeah, Let it's me not read the thing. True, that was. A- it's Easter, and everyone's favorite canine is back. The Bannisters are heading out on a family cruise and sending Zeus to doggy daycare. Everything is going according to plan until the daycare's crosstown rivals hires a trio of crooks to sabotage the fledgling business. Zeus will make some new friends and new enemies as he uses all of his tricks to save the day or to save the daycare and Easter. Yeah. Were there other dogs who save blank movies? Because if it's, I mean, I guess this is based on a series, with, I think, of uh, the probably. dog who saved. Because I looked up the dog who saved Easter, uh-huh. and Christmas came up. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, Dean Cain is in this. Oh well, probably the biggest name in this. <laughs> of course, why wouldn't he be in this? Uh, are you ready to read the description for the next one? Oh my god, I'm new, so ready. New on Blu-ray, we have a film called Exterminators of the Year Three Thousand. Oh my god, are you ready? Please. They killed to survive. That's it. That's it. <laughs> it's from what, 1980 something? 1983. Yeah. Good year. Good year. Yeah. when I was born. <laughs> oh, the best year. I got to buy this movie, apparently. <laughs> yep. It harkens to the time of your birth. <laughs> yeah, apparently. The biggest name? <clears throat> oh, there, let me, let me open just it. Just very curious about that. What's the... Probably the director is bigger than the cast, <laughs> at, uh, I, I my guess. Really? Well, who's, do you know who's the director? Just, uh, yes. Let's see here. Directed by... Uh, Giuliano, no, as Jules Harrison. So he's in the movie. The director's in the movie? Yeah, there's no one. Oh, no. Nice. No. Is it, is like the art, is there a poster art? Oh my God, yes. Okay, I, I just, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me try to, let me guess this. Do it. Is it like <laughs> painted? Is it painted? No. Damn it. It's really bad. Uh, Photoshop? Shitty yes, Photoshop? super bad Photoshop. And I love their tagline, meet the new breed of road warriors. Come on. Uh, Let's just try biting. and... They're biting. Oh, no, yeah. kind of, all right, let me see it. Let me see it. Ouch. Yeah, oh, that's, boy. that's TV movie quality right there. Oh, Ouch. boy. Oh, I love the fire that they're Right, the fake from. explosion. Mm-hmm. Like someone just took a picture of an explosion and Photoshopped it around some around three people who are look like they're running. They're probably just... We're standing still and did a right. little step forward. Two of them look like they're dressed perfectly normal. The other yep. one's wearing a leather jacket and no shirt. Yep. Yep. Wearing year 2000 clothes mm-hmm. or 1983 clothes in the year 3000. And then there's someone who's really trying to be hard to uh, be Mad Max 
standing oh, behind them. I, this looks filling, like a, filling the poster. This looks like an oops. I'm guessing I'm watching an HBO movie, right? Like, like, I'm like oh, oh I caught it, and I ended up by watching ten minutes of it. Yeah. And, went, ah, and, it, it. and it's because you have an insomnia, and it's eleven o'clock at night, and you don't <laughs> want to pick up the controller because you're just mm-hmm. too lazy. Yep. That's this yep. kind of movie. That's that movie. Yep. Exterminators of the year three thousand. So this makes me think: Are they trying to destroy the year three thousand? I, that's what I thought from the title. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are they trying to destroy time itself? Well, I think it'd be a better movie. That actually is a far more interesting right. to me. Uh, all right. And then finally on TVD, we have, uh, and this is a surprise. I, I don't remember oh, if you I didn't even this know? was happening. Uh, or happened, I guess I could say, because mm-hmm. it's Transporter, it's the series, mm-hmm. the complete first season. There it is. I yeah. didn't know they were making a series of that, or I forgot if I'd heard. Um, all I remember was they were doing the Transporter prequel. Right. But I guess they also did a TV series at some point. It's yeah, I never bothered. <laughs> I, I saw the trailer to the show, and I was like, yeah, you know, I'm. I actually never really liked these movies that much. <laughs> so I guess, like, I kind of like, have one and two at home on yeah, DVD. I like for the like first seven one. Bucks. Yeah, the first one's fine. First one's fine. Yeah, it's before it got crazy. Before yeah. uh, the Fifth Element dude really went nuts with the sequel. Oh, well, Basan. Yeah, I mean. Mm-hmm. Luke Besson was involved in the first one. I know, but yeah. he went crazy in the second well, one. Was Olivier Megaton no, no, no. Let is, me, is the director of the second me, one. He was, he's the guy who goes crazy. But see, that's the point. Stuff. Is Someone picked up the director for the second movie and went, oh, I'm going to do what he did. But he I'm went, gonna oh, do I got it. this. I'm going to do it better. <laughs> I'm going to one-up him. Same director as the first one. Yeah. Could I you thought you up? said Luke Besson was... Oh, no, no, remember. Luke Besson... Okay. You hear it get sad. Luke Besson and Robert Mark Kamen were the writers... Oh, so that makes sense. Of the garbage action movies okay. that's been starring with these right. guys. That and makes sense. The first one was co-directed by Corey Yuen, mm-hmm. who did a lot of Hong Kong choreography, and Louis Lichere, who directed Incredible Hulk. Oh. Right. And now, now, you, now see you see me. me. And now, and then Louis Lichere was the sole director of Transport 2, and it's... Well, it's because he was doing his best Luc Besson impression. Exactly. Wait, then Olivier Megaton did, did the third, third one. one. Okay. See, and this... The, was there one after? There will no, no, no. be. There will be, but right. not yet. Oh, no. Megaton did the recent Taken. He did a, he's done a lot. Has Let's he, just put it that way. Okay. Yeah. He does a lot of movies that are... Luc Besson likes to give him stuff. Yeah. He did Columbiana. He, he should probably stop. Megaton did Columbiana, which was based oh, on a really? Besson script or idea or something. Because, like, Columbiana from the trailer looked like, oh, the Matilda sequel I've always wanted, but... I kind of love Columbiana. Uh, I really... I liked it I a lot. It. I Especially, I, I gave it a second viewing recently. We did a, a, a special episode where we, we took the original Nerd's Eye View review, mm-hmm. and then we listened to that, and then we re-reviewed it from fresh <laughs> a fresh perspective. And what I really love about it, which I think you can only appreciate like when you really get into it, mm-hmm. is that from the the man from well, I can't remember his name in the movie. From his point of view, yeah. this film is a romantic, like a romance. <laughs> he's in like a separate film from her. Yeah, she's having crazy action adventures. Whenever he's around, it's like this crazy weird romance. Where normally it's flipped. Normally, like the 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 he's like the female role. <laughs> Because there's that scene later on where he's with a friend and he's like, he's like, I don't know, man, I really like her a lot. And like the friend's like, I'll get, I'll, I'll get some info on her. And he calls up the DMV lady. Like that scene in another film would be two ladies 
trying to get info on the spy guy. So so it's night it's and day, to me and I love but it. the roles are reversed. I, yes. Isn't that crazy? Isn't yeah. that great? Yeah. Uh, on that note, then that that's actually kind of intrigues me. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually really liked it when I saw it. But okay. I mean, like, the ending is still nonsense. Like, she gets yeah, on the phone and she's like, I gotta go. And it's like, where are you going? It's you, still a crazy that, action. Everyone's, everyone's to dead. Colombiana part two. Everyone's dead. <laughs> and you're in big trouble. <laughs> like, the police are after you and everyone's dead. Yeah. You're, oh, where are you gonna go? <laughs> anyway, that's just... But yeah, I'd love to see Columbiana part two. Like, that's... <laughs> right. Just be real. Right. Let's uh, transfer a TV show, apparently. <laughs> it's coming out on DVD. But let me just... Hold on. Now, now that we've uh, taken a step back to the transporter, let me remind you that there's a scene in Transporter 2 where someone puts a bomb on the bottom of oh, his I car. About yeah. the scene. And in, about the order, scene the in order to get it off, he does a barrel roll. Yep. And at the exact moment that his car is upside down, yep. he hits the hook of a crane yep. and rips the bomb off and then lands perfectly, perfectly. as there's an explosion up in the air behind him. Yep. I'm sorry... I don't remember. But what no. It, oh, I believe it was when uh, we were doing a special. Benson and I were doing a special. Shut up, Leonard! About Monster House, and we, uh-huh. we we brought that up because there's a scene in Monster House where there's like some kind of magnet. There's oh. a thing with a magnet catches a thing just in time, and I was like, "Oh, that's like in Transporter 2. And then he had to remind me that it was a hook, not a magnet. Uh-huh. And I was yeah. like, "So it's more realistic. <laughs> it's <laughs> Transporter it's 2. better. This cartoon film <laughs> about children fighting a ghost house is more realistic than Transporter 2. That's when you know that's that you're amazing. doing that you're trying too hard on your Luc Besson impression. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. yep. So yeah, the, check out the TV show. I guess. <laughs> I guess man, let us know. I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, we, we, is it watchable? <laughs> we'll get we'll get Matt on it. We'll get there. Like, you go, little Espy. Uh, all right. So uh, before we do our review, uh, I wanted to do a special little mention here of another show on the Benview Network. Uh, that's Picture Start with Derek Armijo. Uh, I mentioned him before. He's a he's a very astute film reviewer. I'll say. Uh, if you're friends with him on Facebook, every once in a while he does a really good Facebook review of films where Ooh. it's kind of it's just no nonsense. Like he just he tells it like it is. I think cool. Uh, and in uh, I mean his podcast is a little bit on hiatus right now, but uh, he's been recording episodes uh, to you know build up backlogs. So when he comes back, nice. he'll have lots to do. Uh, and his his podcast is basically about um, he he kind of sits down with someone to talk about a film. Uh, that's maybe new, but not always. Uh, I, I'd heard that he's going to do maybe a Big Lebowski episode with uh, uh, Brendan Creasy, uh, a Jaws episode with Matt Benson, which is weird because oh, that's going to be awkward. This is going to be a double Jaws <laughs> right. moment. On so, the so Networks. my God, Matt, like, I, he just loves talking about Jaws. I, no, no, it's fine. Like to. to to. Oh, I think he's going to talk about all the Jaws movies, not just the oh, first. Oh, okay. That's, so, that was like, the so it'll be like the first chunk will be about the first majority will probably be about the good one, and maybe. then. They might take a certain delight in talking about the badness of the bad oh, no, ones, probably. and just making doing Michael right. Keane impressions if they're that's Michael if they're hard not to do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's got a, a couple episodes are up already. Um, the the last one I've been waiting to listen to it's about uh, Escape from Tomorrow, Ooh. Uh, which he talks with uh, a former Disney employee. Which that's kind of a fun <gasps> take on it. I've been waiting to listen to that because I want to rewatch Escape from Tomorrow because I love that film so much, and I know that he doesn't like it. So I want uh, I want to have it in my brain fresh, and then hear all of his deconstructing of why he doesn't like it. There so, you go. I still need to see uh, that movie. Check that out. It's on the BenviewNetwork.com. Probably it's uh, slash Picture Start, or you just go to BenviewNetwork.com and you find it right there. There you go. Uh, all right, so we will get to our review right after this. Let's go, let's go! 
It's been like this the whole time. Deacon on dishes and it still hasn't moved in five years. You're a cool guy, but you're not pulling your weight in the flat. Oh, I'm glad to hear that I'm cool. No, that's not the point, though. Yeah, yeah no, I know. Point. Not a I know. flat meeting about how cool you are. When you get three vampires in a flat, obviously there's going to be a lot of tension. Viago was an 18th century dandy. Look, a ghost cop. Vladislav is a bit of a pervert. This is my torture chamber. Deacon's like the young bad boy of the group. I'm supposed to pay rent, but I don't. The trouble with being a vampire is you have to be invited in. Come into the bar, please. Will you invite us in? We need some fresh blood. Hi, my name is Nick. I've been a vampire for two months. My friend Richie's a bouncer. He'll invite us in. Gentlemen, you are most welcome. Nick is so much fun. I'm a vampire. Such a dick. Nick, oh. why don't you use the front door? You want to draw attention to this house, hmm? You've got a whole documentary crew following you around. You let a vampire hunter into our I don't house. Wait a minute, I just got my email. I'm gonna kill you! I'm already dead! You will not eat the camera guy, maybe one camera guy. When you're a vampire, you become very sexy. All right, guys. Mm-hmm. We're going to review What We Do in the Shadows, which is a film uh, directed and, and written mm-hmm. by uh, Jermaine Clement and uh, Taika Waititi. I, did I do it? Pretty good. With the first, uh, here's the truth: like uh, the first name I finally learned this week. Okay, because I, they they were on Nerdist. They mm. went great. I gotta remember that when I do uh, when I'm back <laughs> on this show. And then the second and his last name kind of went by me. Yeah, so it's a tough one. Taika, we're correct on. Okay, it took me a, like a like a week to learn. Okay, <laughs> Taika. Uh, so you may know of uh, Jermaine Clement from Flight of the Concords. Mm-hmm. Uh, which uh, another member of uh, or person from that show is in this film as well. Uh, can't remember his name. Reese right Darby. Reese Darby, funny guy. I like I like his role on uh, on uh, Flight of the Concords. Uh, that's pretty great. Uh, and and uh, we t- we talked about this film uh, and I guess the ending. Uh-huh. I can't remember. If it wasn't last week. It was like two weeks ago. Yes. It was a limited release film. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were trying to do a Kickstarter to get it get a bigger release. Uh, it came it came nearby us. Yep. Clo- uh, kind of nearby us, but near, close near, enough. Near Irvine. Yep. That's not too bad. Uh, I don't know how Justin got to see it. You get mm-hmm. a preview screen or something? Yeah. Oh, look at yeah. you. Nice. Yeah, little fancy man over there with little, the screeners. Got a hookup. That was nice. <laughs> That was nice. <laughs> uh, so this is a, it's like a vampire mockumentary, yeah. in a sense. Uh, which is fun because at the beginning they, they say that it's like the New Zealand Documentary Society or whatever yep. funded it. That's uh-huh. kind of a fun little That's funny. thing. I always like that in films when they, when they have fun with it. Like um, they did it with the original Wicker Man. Yeah. Where they had a thing where it's like, you know, this, this film was presented with, you know, the 
the good graces of the governor of whatever island. It was like, okay, that's funny. That's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't know where to begin. It's kind of a. Well, I have to say that it's pretty obvious that as a director and writer, he gave himself the funnest role. Uh huh. I think, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and. Uh, the only time I've ever really seen him, because I haven't sat down and watched Flight of the Concords. So you're talking about J- Jermaine, really? Yes. Okay. Well, we, he was, we were kind of just talking about him, so I thought oh, I'd continue, continue continue with it. Yeah. Uh, is I saw him in a movie that's all right called Dinner for Schmucks, and I just oh. loved him huh. in that movie. That's, he was I hilarious. Mean, if you're able movie. to hone in on him in that film, then you, you have very good taste, sir. Mm-hmm. Because that's, that's a bad movie. Right. And it was on. It was one of those 11 p.m. at night movies where I was just like, oh, "All right, well, I like Steve Carell. I guess I'll, <laughs> guess I'll just keep going." Um, For me, that would have been I like Paul Rudd, but okay. Yeah, he's yeah. I don't know that whole I movie. Mean, he's definitely bad. not the best part of that, right? Jimmy Kimmel is probably the best part. So yeah. great in that movie. So that's kind of where I came from because I didn't have a lot of experience with his work. I've heard about him. I've heard Flight of the Concords. It's always been something I've been meaning to watch, but. Uh, I really dug. I mean, if he wrote and directed this, like, my hats off to him because that was. Well, I mean, what do you guys think? Uh, yeah, no, it's very funny. I think, right. and I really like. Uh, what I really enjoyed about it was its its connection to vampire lore of different mm-hmm. kinds. Yep. Uh, while they were giving, uh, so there's four vampires that live together in this house, and they're kind of uh, of different styles. They were created, uh, created, whatever you want to call it. But yeah. They became vampires at different times, more or less. Yeah, and you can kind of tell, like, even though they come from different areas, mm-hmm. there is kind of a genealogy with them mm-hmm. where you've got the oldest, and then it, it almost seems like he, from him all the other vampires spawned. More or less. But they are they are contemporary to the time in which they were created. Yeah. Uh, and Jimmy Clement plays uh, Vladislav, Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed his entire backstory. He's they had like uh, medieval drawings that right. were like so this great. is him and this is his weird. He he always transformed into animals, but he couldn't get the face right. <laughs> I thought that was, <laughs> that that was, was funny. the funniest moment because there's a point where, where he's where a Nick cat. is running through the house yes. and the cat pops up, and, but it's his <laughs> face. face on a cat. Oh, that man. was so funny. It was really good. Uh, funniest thing oh that bit it's like particularly great because of the equal parts it's actually legitimately semi-scary right it's legitimately <laughs> that scary. part is frightening it's frightening but then you have moments like that where you just like the just like nick you're kind of like nick who's the victim in the scene yeah you're running you're going the hell <laughs> yeah because because it's funny but at the same time you're like no that's terrifying because that's still a cat with a person's face it's on it also that's that's, that's that's really funny it's really funny <laughs> it's very wrong but yeah what <laughs> What? <laughs> I think that's the same. The, in that same uh, scene, there's a part where one of the vampires somehow teleports into his backpack. Yes, and so there's just and like starts, an arm coming out of the backpack, pulling him oh into the backpack. He throws the backpack, and then it kind of like he kind of struggles. Yeah, but that's but he's still, that's it's horrifying. It's horrifying, but funny because right. he's struggling to get out of this backpack. No, it's a fun, that sequence alone of chasing Nick mm-hmm. is an amazing com- combination of like, wow, this is really clever filmmaking. Yep. And wow, this is super funny. And wow, this is actually kind of freaking me out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going into... Reminding you that vampires are supposed to be scary. <laughs> right. Going into that scene, it kind of felt like uh, it was a slow lead up to this moment where Nick becomes a vampire along right. with them. Uh, but I think once that happens, it, it, it turns the film into a new direction, which is it, which is even more funny. Like yeah. it just keeps every time you're like, okay, yeah, I, I see what you're doing here. They do something really funny or interesting that kind of switches what you think about everything that's going on. And that's definitely the cool thing about the movie itself is like you know it, it is yeah I, I wrote an, like I wrote a review on the side and one of the things that, that I pointed out in the review is like I generally don't like mockumentaries. 
I, I generally am very tired of vampire movies. So you have to do something really special to make me like your va- your vampire mockumentary. And I watched, finished that movie, and, went, and you did it. And that's what you did. You gave me a mockumentary that's legitimately really funny <laughs> and clever and feels like a documentary. That's kind of the problem sometimes when you walk, watch a mockumentary. It's like, that's interesting. Where'd you get that angle? Where'd you get that camera angle? Yeah. Or yeah. why are you shooting that moment? Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, or in vampires, yeah, like vampires, there's a million and millions and millions of vampire stories. And, mm-hmm. and so what's great about this movie is that it does kind of play with what we know about vampires, mm-hmm. and but does fun new things with what we know with it. So it's kind of cool, yeah. Yeah, it's very well written because it's it's making a commentary on the different parts of like vampire mythology and then kind of what we've done with it in popular cinema yeah. and just how that would affect like if the creatures were real, like how they would interact with modern times and stuff like that. Like yeah. it's not just funny to be funny. It's smart. Yeah. yeah. And that makes a big difference. The Nick, Nick telling everybody that he's the vampire from twilight. That, that's yeah. <laughs> right. It's like, that's, oh, that's me. That's, that's me. me. Yeah. Oh yeah. They based the book off of me. <laughs> well, I think that even leads to another, uh, like crazy moment where, uh, Nick is telling everyone he's a vampire, and the guy in the bar says, "I'm a vampire hunter." And he yeah. goes like, "Ah, oh, whatever, that's funny, haha." <laughs> and they traded emails. It, well, yeah, and then and then he is a vampire hunter. Right. Like that was <laughs> no, that is entirely Nick's fault. Yeah. yeah, and that was insane. Like that's another moment where I was like, "Oh, well, that's funny." Well, and yeah, then, if they existed, there would be, of course, there'd be vampire yeah, hunters. Then right. that makes total sense. Just hanging out at a bar, it makes <clears> sense. <throat> yeah, and that's another like uh, a terrifying. Uh, in a sense scene but it's also really funny where the, the police come to investigate and they're using their vampire powers their to hypnosis. make them not notice oh, yeah. all, all like, the I'm dead bodies yeah this. I'm not really good so they could come out at any moment this it, is bad so that's what's great about that scene it's super funny mm-hmm. but you actually are now a little worried for them because yeah. Viago already set the, the, the tone is this might slip any time <laughs> and they could be totally fucked yeah. at any moment but that's why like anytime like what's that and the music goes dramatic and it's like yeah guys come on I can't do that that's safety regulations yeah that whole scene is fantastic yeah <laughs> um oh, speaking of like you brought up the the artwork that you know like uh, oh god all yes. the, that amazing I just found out thanks to the Nerdist podcast uh Jermaine and Taika did that artwork oh really that's yeah. fan- like, that's really cool like Taika apparently learned how to do uh wood art oh my god and printing to make the wood art and prints for the film that's why they look so they, they look legit they look pretty good they yeah, yeah. Pretty they good. don't look like bad photoshops they yeah. look really good which most people would do they would just take mm. old stuff and then add elements into it mm-hmm. and there is some photoshop and like like and like no like all the time they put deacon's head in like an old picture. <laughs> right yeah that's funny <laughs> or, 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 or uh, deacon side note is my favorite vampire in the group because he's this hmm. guy who thinks that he's a he thinks he's a stop from an Anne Rice novel. <laughs> mm-hmm. But clearly he's a, a very pudgy man who is not anywhere near Lestat. And, and that sets it up perfectly because the moment you meet him, he's like, yes, vampires are sexy, obviously. <laughs> and he just, he's like, well, duh. When he's leading on that poor woman. Oh. Yeah. Which oh, his, uh, is his familiar. His familiar, yeah. That she, she's like, you said you were going to make me a vampire today. Well, when's that going to happen? He just uses his powers. He's like, go, get me thy things. Okay. You got it. <laughs> it's funny because we, we got a chance to meet Viago's familiar mm-hmm. uh, in, a, in a Skype scene. <laughs> yeah, and that was so funny. That was so Well, you sent me the – you didn't put enough postage, so I, I got turned around and uh, it took a little longer to get here. <laughs> what's, what's also great – the reveal – what's great about that reveal in that scene is also his familiar going, hey – 
you said you're going to turn me into a vampire, <laughs> and now I'm way too old. And and Viago's like, hey, okay, bye. And I realize like, you guys don't want to turn anybody. Yeah, <laughs> they don't want to pass it on to anybody. In fact, it seems like the only people who are turned into vampires are doing doing it when they don't want to be. Yeah. And the people who really want to be turned into vampires are never turned into vampires. Mm-hmm. So well, you've yeah, got this was, weird dichotomy where they're lying to everybody. Uh, mm-hmm. They never actually explain why Peter turned Nick into a vampire, but I, I, I don't really care. Like I just think it's funny that maybe Peter just likes turning people into vampires because he's That's the one he theory. turned uh, De- Deacon into and a there, vampire. There's kind of an unspoken thing that maybe even Viago was turned into a vampire by him too. They awesome. never say it, mm-hmm. but it would make sense for them to all be flatmates if they've all been turned by the same vampire. Yeah, yeah. and that's like like Deacon, uh, Peter who's like. Uh, who is three, he was a Nosferatu. Right. He's yeah. like 3,000 years old or something. <laughs> yeah. He's so great. He's in a chicken in a bag. And they just throw it in there and close <laughs> it real like, quick. Can you just hear the neck snapping on the chicken. It's like, oh, God. Hey, you oh, know what? Man. There's a lot of like, bones around here, so maybe we can leave like a broom and you can sweep up when you have time. Or not. I mean, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, the great? passive-aggressive vampire's freaking hilarious. Yeah. Just that whole idea of a passive-aggressive vampire. Oh, man. <laughs> Um, it's funny too with, with Peter yeah I think maybe my take on Peter and why he turns people into vampires is that he is so old and mm-hmm. that's just I guess if you were to believe that he was like an early breed of the species that's what you do you just make more of you <laughs> mm-hmm. and so left and right you just make people into vampires mm-hmm. you know he you know, alright I'll turn this weird um, vagabond with a lot of like luggage and I'll turn him into a vampire that's Deacon mm-hmm. I'm gonna turn this guy who you know, got tattoos. I don't care. I'm turning vampire. That's Nick. And he just doesn't <laughs> care. He just mm-hmm. likes turning people to vampires because he's pushing the species more. Mm-hmm. He's from he's from a time where there wasn't a lot of them. Right. Yeah. So it was about the preservation of his species. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or he likes biting people. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, but by all the bones in there, he... He does he, like he, to finish he, it he off a little yeah, yeah, right. Uh, it doesn't hint that based on the movie because of the way his lair looks. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the, the werewolves. Yeah. Oh, please. I think that's a pretty great take on uh, it. Where werewolves, not swearwolves? <laughs> yeah. Where the, their, their leader, the alpha of the werewolf pack, is like constantly telling, like giving them tips on how to not ruin their clothes when they turn into a werewolf, <laughs> and to keep their cool so they don't turn into a werewolf yeah. by accident. Like, that's really funny. No, and that's played by Reese Darby. Yeah. And like, if you are a Flight to Concords <laughs> fan and you realize the, the guy who play, who's the manager of the band <laughs> is the alpha of the werewolf clan, that's. The greatest casting concept I've ever heard. Because mm-hmm. um, he, in any other capacity, he would not be the alpha of anything. No, exactly. No. <laughs> um, I also like the bit where like they throw a stick. The one that one of them starts running. Up, and he's like, "Get back here!" Yeah, no, because he never actually throws a stick. He oh, yeah. fakes throws yeah. a stick, and he's like, "No, it wasn't real. Come back!" Yeah. And he's like, "He's like he he looks pissed off. He looks really mad. He's just looking. Making us look like idiots." <laughs> Um, it was to be fair. The vampires were egging him on. First. Right. Oh yeah. Like, There's yeah. no more. There's actually no reason for that conflict in that moment. <laughs> in fact, the conflict, the reoccurring conflict, is only for the payoff at the end, which I do enjoy. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we haven't even talked about Stu. Ah, uh, Stu. Yeah. <laughs> uh, kind of an unwitting human. Uh, he's not really uh, a familiar. No, I, he... I wouldn't say. I think he just kind of. He goes along with just whatever's happening. Because he's Nick's friend, and they kind of keep it from Stu for a while that yeah. they're vampires. And then they let him know after a there's while. Like a, there's like a, a funny coming out. Like a, It almost feels like an intervention slash coming out thing yeah. where they sit him down. And 
it just becomes a thing where everyone's like, no, Stu's awesome. Like, we don't want to turn him into a vampire. We don't want to eat him. We just want to hang out. He's awesome. He's yeah. cool. It's It's got that smattering of like, oh, if you didn't become friends with one of your other friends, but you really liked his friend, you would bring him around. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Well, there's this actually kind of humanizing moment in the movie with Nick talking to Peter saying, hey, listen, like, the guys are really getting along with Stu. <laughs> if you could just not turn him into one or, or kill him. Or eat him, or eat him please. Like, I think they like him more than me. And there's something really sad about that where you're like, oh, I kind of knew these guys first, but oh, they like you more? That's cool. And the, and Stu never really – what I like about that is it doesn't do it heavy-handedly where it tries to make Stu this character you love mm-hmm. because you never hear Stu talk really, <laughs> ever. No, he very, doesn't do anything quiet. of worth. Mm-hmm. He never really talks. So all you have is other people's perceptions of him to get an idea of the kind of character he is. What's funny, too, is that when you have a scene where Deacon, who hates Nick, mm-hmm. hates Nick in, in his every, phone, every fiber of his bone because yep. Nick represents a threat. Nick represents uh, the little basically the baby in the family. Yeah, because Deacon's no longer the baby. Exactly. There's a new baby. <laughs> yeah, but Dad had another kid. Exactly. And this little talk. Yeah, he's getting all the stupid attention. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. And he's copying what I clue. It's it's very a bunch of brother thing. But yeah. what's great, like when Deacon doesn't like Nick, you know, okay, he doesn't like Nick. But when Deacon says, "I am making a scarf for Stu," yeah, it means that he might he likes Stu. That means, wow, I guess that really gives you the idea. Like they really like this. They guy. love Stu. <laughs> and I is showed it him YouTube? <laughs> is it is it wrong that maybe it's not wrong? But I just really love the fact that, and it, this can't be like by accident. Uh, People are food to vampires, mm-hmm. and Stu has the name Stu, which is a type of oh, dish, a type of food. That's good. I didn't even think of that. So, Isn't that the guy's real name, though? The character? Some of the, I mean, the actor. Oh, the actor? No. Hold on. No, yeah, hold his on. name's Stuart. Really? Yeah, they did. They, they, I, I kind of like this on movie, the, like small films where they allow people to keep like their real names. <laughs> yeah. Like, J- J- Jackie, the familiar, her name's Jackie. Like, that's just, uh, I mean, obviously the, the vampires aren't, it's not their real names, but, uh, but I kind of like that on like indie films where people get to keep their same first names. But uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is by accident, but it works on a whole nother level because he is their food. No, but yet they're not eating the stew. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's the one thing they don't eat is the guy that has the name of a food yeah. or a type of food. Um, let's see here. I'm trying to think. What did you um, – I like the beast reveal. I was going to bring that up. Because yeah. like the whole movie, especially the drawings. I love all the drawings oh, of yeah. the beast because you're like, oh, God, this is a world of werewolves. This is a world of vampires. Mm-hmm. You find out by the time of the masquerade ball that there's zombies and witches and all these other type and of demons, creatures. Demons. Demons, demons point, yeah. right? So then you're thinking, oh, the beast has to be this horrible thing. And you just find out. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a Vlad's ex-girlfriend. Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and his reaction to that is, is terrifying and, and hilarious. Well, what's great about watching the film a second time is realizing that all the dialogue concerning the beast still works with that knowledge. Right, oh, it yeah. works completely. No, when they, there's that great bit where they're like, oh, yes, you hear Vlad You hear Vlad talking about, oh, I fought the beast in the forest. I fought the beast in the swamp. I fought the beast in the bathroom stall. And we're hearing that part, <laughs> and the first time watching it, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, but when you know that it's his ex-girlfriend, like, oh, you're like, oh. Oh, not fought. It's another F word. <laughs> yes. Well, there's probably some fighting. Yeah. The, no, as we, clearly. At, yeah, yeah, by the end, you get that idea. And the way he acts when they're all going to the masquerade ball, where he's like, no, you guys just go. Like, everyone has had that situation where you're out with a group of friends and someone doesn't like someone else. And he's like, you know what? I'm just not going to go then. It's cool. 
I love everyone's yeah. been there. I love when Viago, like when you know the Beast shows up on stage. Viago looks at the cameraman and they're like, "Hey, that's the Beast." <laughs> <laughs> he was so they, him and Deacon were so stoked yep. for the cameraman to actually see. Yeah, the like beast. no, you know everyone we've been talking we've been talking about this person forever. That's <laughs> right there. Um, so let's talk about the blood. Blood. The blood use in this movie oh. is massive. In oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. The- which it's 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 uh really bloody uh but they make it work as a comedy bit where right. <laughs> where he can't uh, he bites the wrong he bites the wrong vein and oh it's just my blood god that everywhere. scene came out of nowhere and i was just like oh like at first at first you're like oh gross ew ew and then after a while you're like no this is funny <laughs> this is actually really funny He's like oh no oh oh no because oh, it no. leads up to it too because you i'm sorry but there's so much like putting down paper towels and like laying stuff down like he's repairing so well for this yeah. that it just had to go bad yeah what's great too is like because we're talking about that that freak out scene where they're running around chasing nick yeah. and then you see viago now clearly eating the other victim and what's great is that again the blood is cut gushing like a <laughs> like a like a horrible broken like uh like tailpipe whatever and, yeah. and it's like and i'm just sitting there cracking going viago you never this just every time, huh? Yeah, you're just this bad. <laughs> you're this bad at being a vampire. Like you tell everybody else, like oh, clean up is like, but really, how well do you do? <laughs> right. Yeah, you clean up after yourself, but I think you're making all the messes. <laughs> um. Oh, or when Nick's throwing up the blood after eating the fry. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was pretty gross. That was pretty gross, but pretty funny. Pretty funny. Um, I wanted to talk about like uh, he's like I love chips. Chips are my favorite. <laughs> I can never eat chips again. Like he just has this Don't moment. The hype. Forget it. He just has this moment of like, no, this no, is horrible. I appreciate that because that's something that I really think is is good vampire lore mm-hmm. that they that they tend to overlook in other things okay. because it's really easy to all overlook. Right. All right, I've been holding a negative this whole time, and oh, it's about the lore that this is ignoring. This oh, movie's what, what, ignoring. What, 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 okay, every camera has a mirror in it. Oh, some oh, type sure. of mirror. Every every camera has a lens, has some type of reflective thing in it. Mm. They make a huge point about not being able to see themselves in the mirror, which is a good gag because they've got to draw each other, and they're all horrible at drawing. <laughs> it's very funny. But in the end, they couldn't take pictures with a camera, mm. and they couldn't be filmed because according – like maybe some digital cameras, like digital cameras now and digital recorders now, mm. like – they probably don't have any mirrors, but there's probably a mirror in there sen- somewhere. Like, is there a part in the film where they get a picture taken of them? Yes, yeah. they oh. take pictures. Mm. Stu brings them like a digital camera, and Vlad loves taking. That's right. Clearly, MySpace selfies. Mm. But no, that's actually it's that's interesting. It's a good point. They're flubbing it because they have to, because otherwise right. the movie wouldn't exist. They couldn't <laughs> make it then. Right. But come on, I guess. I mean, okay. you could. Ar- I could argue that as. A nitpick, to yeah. Best, and that's but that's my only negative. In, in a movie like this, that's that's my only negative because they're they're really good about the lore everywhere else. Mm. Like you said, they cover the food thing because that yeah, is the, a big deal. That I think that uh, that's a thing that that like even like doesn't Twilight ignore that at some points? Yeah. Like, oh my god, yeah. It's like yeah. they're just eating food, yeah. like and that's just a thing that vampires aren't supposed to be able to do because food does not give them sustenance. Right. Yeah. They um, just act like no, it doesn't do anything for me. Mm-hmm. Well, one way to argue the idea. Well, one thing, and I don't even my little minor nitpick, uh, and I love the movie to death, obviously. But it's like my little minor nitpick is also the idea, like why these guys agree to do the documentary, and it's they like, don't really gain anything from it. They don't really gain. Yeah, anything. It is kind of interesting. They yeah. don't really gain anything from it, and even to the fact that like they're they, you know they're and yes, they call it out, but like they're bitching to Nick, like hey, don't you dare fly up here, everyone will see you. And Nick goes like, 
you have a documentary crew filming you. <laughs> Which is funny, mm-hmm. but also, wait, what are you guys expecting to get out of this? Because <clears throat> the, the big point about all this is in every documentary, the, the person making it is trying to tell something. It's trying to make a statement about something. Like right. through editing, through all the tools that a, that a filmmaker has, you put that together to have some type of statement. Mm-hmm. And in the end, what would this mockumentary be saying about vampires? I think maybe, mm-hmm. maybe if anything... It, uh, He's, Deacon's hoping that it'll uh, humanize them, or Viago's hoping. Whoever, wait, I, it is Viago, right? Who I feel calls like the? Is right, it, he had he's introducing it. the team, like the group. At like first. he's the first one that yeah. wakes up and greets the camera. Yeah, it shows it. it yeah, it shows him going through his day. It follows him first. Yeah. yeah. So if, if anything, maybe he wants people to have a better, like a better idea of what vampire, like to squash, you know, like oh, these misconceptions, hear all these bad things about us uh, and that's that's true that over the course of the kill people <laughs> over the course of the movie you do see everything that a vampire goes like even the masquerade ball shows their relationships to other class and it's all about like classism in a way you got right. the werewolves and the vampires and zombies and witches and how they all interplay it shows that network of like the underworld that people don't really know about so mm. i guess that uh, I wanted to bring up this this oh, film, and they're wearing me. crucifixes the whole time. Yes, I like that's, that. That's why they're not all the documentary people. Yeah. And you can eat one of them at the masquerade ball, but only one of them. <laughs> I'm going to assume the, cru- the crucifix is like clearly not seen. It's like underneath the shirt. Yeah, so they can pull, pull out really. Yeah, yeah. Where they're like, ah, hide the crucifix on the vampire hunter. Yeah, but I'm assuming that like it's underneath their shirt, so they can't see it, but they know. It, well, if we attempt, yeah, it's right there. And everyone would have been freaking out of the masquerade ball because they were surrounded by otherworldly creatures. Right. I do love that Viago went to the masquerade ball like as either uh, he, a sister act nun. Mm-hmm. That's what the other guy did. Oh yeah, their previous masquerade balls. Yeah. Those pictures are hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> he's try- or he tried to go to this one as Blade the Vampire Hunter. Yeah, he's like, oh, it didn't go over very well. <laughs> so good. All right. Uh, th- this film reminded me of uh, another film. Uh, which is also uh, not a mockumentary, but a faux documentary mm-hmm. uh, called Man Bites Dog. Yeah. Have you heard of or seen this? I've heard of that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you, Jordan? Nope. So Man Bites Dog is, uh, for some reason, a documentary crew is following a serial killer. Hmm. And uh, at, at first, they're, they're keeping their distance. They're, you know, they're just watching the victims. They're watching him. They're watching how he does his work, how he hides the body. But then there comes a point in the film where he has them help hide the body. Mm. And so then it becomes more about how the documentary crew gets entangled in helping him cover up the murders and they're implicit in what he does and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it gets like really bad and like uh, like horrifying. And there's a um, they're being chased by um, a cop uh, or, yeah, I believe it's a cop who's trying to catch him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, and it, it ends, you know, it ends badly for him, of course. <laughs> Uh, but this this kind of takes that idea because of course they're killing people, uh, but it's it's a comedy, so it's not as heavy, yeah. uh, and the documentary crew doesn't really get involved in that kind of way. Right. But I think that's kind of interesting that that uh, that when you have a, a film that's about a documentary crew watching people do horrible things, <laughs> uh, it can go one of two ways: it can go man bites dog, or hey, what we do in the shadows, right. where it's funny. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, I, I totally, I, I totally forgot about that, and that's a good kind of parallel between the two. Because the idea, like this, they both are kind of voyeuristic movies about like this really dark side. Mm-hmm. But you know, one's really funny, so it's all right. <laughs> so. And these characters are ridiculous too, because they're not really good at being vampires. They no. need their familiars to bring people back to their lair. Yeah. When they're trying to hip, hypnotize people, a lot of the times, like Vlad, uh, 
what's his name? Yeah, Vlad. Vlad. Vlad, Vlad Slav. There it is. Uh, he's got to hit. He's got to hit the window in order to get the guy to look at him. Like, look at me. Like he. There's that scene goes for way longer than I thought it would, and it's very funny. But they're just they're bad. I'm sorry, but they're bad vampires, and that is proven in the fact of the masquerade ball when everyone's like, "No, you fucked up. <laughs> You've brought a human here. How, how? Why would you possibly think that was okay?" Well, Nick was the worst. Yeah. at being a vampire. Well, yeah. this, well, he, he's he's young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's got an excuse. They're all kind of crappy vampires. Uh, well, I think to to wrap it up, I think we all really liked it. Yeah, yeah and lot. I think people should see it when it comes out wherever you are. <clears throat> Yeah. Kickstarter wo- uh, worked, so I mean, okay. Wherever you're listening to the show, like it's, it's gonna come to you. I hope. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, yeah, and I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's really funny. I think uh, if you like, if you like vampires, I think you'll like it. I think if you don't like vampires, you'll like it. I think you'll just <laughs> get, get over it and like it. Mm-hmm. That's all. Get off your high horse. And let's get Jermaine like Clement to do more things because, uh, as we mentioned earlier, Men in Black 3, he was in that for, you know, 10 minutes oh, under a lot of makeup. So. Did I see that? I don't know if I saw that. And the, if you haven't checked, if you're curious, though, Taika, who co directed the film with him, Taika directed Eagle vs. Shark. Oh, okay. With, with Jermaine huh. as well. And then he also directed a film called Boy that uh, is pretty great as well. But hmm. Eagle vs. Shark, I, it's available. That's actually where I first heard of Jermaine uh, before Flight of Concords. Wow. So that's a very weird, weird romantic comedy, if mm-hmm. you can say that. Um, that one's pretty good, so uh, go look that out if you really liked what we do in the shadows. Uh, Eagle vs. Shark, and then see if you can find Boy. Boy's pretty excellent. And Taika's in Boy, for sure. If you might remember Taika, because Taika plays Viago. Taika was also in uh, Green Lantern, so he had a small taste of the big Hollywood world. Who was he in Green Lantern? He was his buddy. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Okay. That's it. I'm sorry <laughs> that he was in that movie. I mean, well, it turned out well for two people. They got married and have a baby now. Okay, I was going to say, who's the two? Oh. Ryan Reynolds and Not Blake Lively. No, no, I mean, just like personally. Oh, they met each other. They, they're happy now. Yeah, they seem very happy. I mean, Blake Lively broke up a marriage, but you know, that's all. Yeah, but we created a new one, huh? Right? Yeah, that's all right. That's how it works. Right? You take someone off the earth, you got to put someone Jones on it. Scarlett better superhero <laughs> film. She's fine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, she doesn't need any help. Uh, all right. So that's our review. Uh, now, let me tell you what's coming out new in theaters. This weekend, we got Chappie. Chappie. We Chappie. Got, <laughs> we got the second... Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. So, because you can't afford the, f- the best? No. And uh, good thing it's not the second best Exotic Marigold Motel. Ooh. That'd be a real tongue That'd be bad. Uh, then we have Unfinished Business, because we have to talk about Unfinished Business. And uh, coming out just in New York, we have a documentary called Merchants of Doubt. Uh, before we get to guess the ending... Uh, let's give a little thanks all around, starting with uh, thanks to Silent Partner, who did our theme song, Sophomore Makeout, which we got on the YouTube audio library. Uh, you know, we should also thank someone at this table this week. What? Uh, Justin Kizan. What's up? Did our logo. <clears throat> thanks oh, hey. for that. Yeah. Uh, where can we find you? I, on the internet. I, I frequent. I frequent. <laughs> that's not a word. I frequently write uh, for agentsofguard.com. As as do you sometimes at, when you can. Um, <laughs> hey, listen, no one's watching. No one likes Gotham, so it's okay if you don't I, want to keep writing. Gotham oh, what? Wait, hold on. <laughs> what is he talking about? 
I used to I, I I used to keep up with Gotham and write Gotham. I don't know what that is. Oh, Got Ham. All yeah, right. Got, got Ham. Got Ham. Got Ham. All right. I stopped uh, writing that because I, I was confused. I lost oh, all you guys, interest. You guys were I saying it the wrong I, way. I got a different pronunciation on Got Ham. Right. Well, I apologize. I'll, I'll let it go this time. It's okay. Thank you. Yeah. Let me let me tell you what happened with me and Got Ham. Oh, it got ooh. to the point where I, I I can't remember if I liked Got Got Gotham or what on Facebook. Some somewhere where it keeps popping up in, in a feed somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where I, I would read something that it would say is gonna happen and I'd flip off my computer screen. Like I was just so <laughs> mad at whatever it just told me. I was just like, This is dumb. This is the dumbest thing I've ever read in my goddamn life. I can't even what is is this even Batman anymore? No, it just screams of of some executive sitting in an office go, now throw another one in there. We gotta I, make those comic I, guys I don't think happy. It's executives. I think this writer thinks he's really clever this creator uh i don't remember his name but he's he said in interviews where he's like oh yeah we got to tease out all these separate things you're not it'll, teasing it'll come together you're smacking people in the face with it now no it's it's funny um denise uh, who writes on the site she <laughs> says she likes editing she liked editing your got hams <laughs> because you can see by each one just more how, much how more, more angry he got upset. You got, oh, I love much, that. And just like more and more, like I don't care. So, Whatever. <laughs> so we we need to look at his work on the Godham series on your site. Uh, Agents of as, as, as more about the evolution of Andrew but as a it's TV a, it's a watching real person fan. Just getting more and more disillusioned by a, and more a, angry. a TV show that should have been really good. <laughs> so it's really an autobi- autobiographical. Yeah, it's uh, kind of series like, that you were writing really there. It's, if you kept going, you could have been like the boyhood of like <laughs> of like your I'm, analysis of a shit show. I still want to catch up just because like uh, I've seen a picture now where where fish like she has a new eye. I don't even know what that means. Like it, it looks like someone gave her a different eye, nice. and that's just like wh- what is happening right well, now. Well, and, you, and penguin took over her club. Like how did that happen so fast? If, when you explained to me one day when Harvey Dent who is a clearly 20 years older oh, than, yes. than, than Bruce Wayne, uh-huh. becomes mutual friends with Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. when Bruce Wayne becomes Batman. Let me know how that explains. Or does Harvey have a little brother named Harvey no, Dent? No, no, And he's actually, uh, and Harvey Dent, don't give them 20, ideas. who's actually David Harvey. No, I'm just, that's actually a plot line they did in Smallville when they brought in Jimmy Olsen. Oh. And then they're like, sick. just kidding, that's Jimmy's older brother. Smallville's not a good show either. Nope. Maybe just don't do shows with the superhero cities and just do a superhero show. Well, Think I about that in the future. You know, I'm ready to hook on to uh, Supergirl I when like, that comes out. I like, we'll see how that goes. I'm ready for that. Well, on the other side, I like The Flash and The Arrow, and those are see, really good. I like The Flash. I haven't seen The Arrow. Oh, man. They... Um, I just the, the, the first The first right season of Arrow is whatever because they're mm-hmm. doing an origin story. And I think we're all tired of origin stories, and it kind of feels like they are too. Yeah. But after the first season, it just it goes into full swing of this is what a superhero is about. Because okay. he goes through a very clear evolution through the first season, mm-hmm. and by the second one, and now where it's actually interplaying with the Flash back and forth, right? Really good. Okay, I'll take that. Like yeah. I'm loving the Flash, so oh. as is, yeah, it's yep. good. You should watch the Flash. I, so, I catch it sometimes. All right. The it's best good. the best way to describe it is the Flash is like the happy go lucky version of side, right? And then the arrows, the darker side where people die and stuff. Yeah, that makes. You sense. see what I mean? They're oh, kind yeah, of yeah. the same universe but different sides of it. Right. Yeah. All right. I interrupted your plug. I keep keep going. Was that, I, like, that was it. You don't want to guard. You don't want to guard. Wait, what? The podcast that you do with me? Oh, you mean that? I was like, yep. You gotta like. Well, where are we heading? I also am on the Benview Network as well uh, with Matt Benson on Benview on Spielberg. 
where we are a monthly podcast where we are going to do every single feature film Steven Spielberg has directed and beyond. Like just we, the beyond was actually our last episode, which is where we direct where we actually discussed the pilot to Columbo Ooh. that Spielberg directed, which was really funny when we were recording it because midway through I realized, oh crap, me and Matt are talking nothing but Columbo. <laughs> I we have to make sure I have to find a way to steer this car right back to Spielberg because <laughs> we're gushing about how much we were enjoying Columbo. Um, that was a show. That was a show. It's like, that's a good show. Yeah, Columbo. Yep. Um, and our next episode will be about the next episode of Columbo. I, I'm tempted. There is a show. There's apparently a podcast called Just One More Thing, and they, let, I, they deserve that. They, they, that's their right. They did it. Okay. They did, did it. it. I'm now looking up that podcast. <laughs> but uh, the next episode, me and Matt will be doing will be on Jaws. Oh, okay. And nice. uh, that's awkward when you just told me, oh, Matt, will be right. talking about Jaws. Well, and the, I, the whole I, series, and I don't know when that's coming out. I you do realize that you just told the person in a relationship that the other person's cheating on them, right? Like, you just did that. It's I, a, I saw how do you, shopping for a oh, ring. Well, you, that, you now, you oh, now no. forever oh, that person oh, me and to Matt, her, me and Matt will to talk, him. Uh, quite a bit next week. Oh, like, I thought oh, he mentioned we, that. I thought he... We, oh, have, no, a lot to, we have a oh, lot to talk about hey, now. Justin, when are you available to record? Oh, maybe next week. Okay, cool. Oh, you mean Anything after... Anything you want to add, oh, Matt? Yeah. I, mean, I would tell Matt, like, oh, don't be mad at me. <laughs> don't be mad at me. I'm sorry. Hey, hey, I'm sorry. Just let me say right now, I want you to know I really love you as a friend, but I'm sorry. I'm just going to probably say like that Jaws episode will be a mega episode because mm-hmm. it's Jaws mm-hmm. and Jaws deserves a lot of time. To well, talk when, about when it. we talked to, uh, uh, we were, you know, doing promo- promos on uh, Shut Up Leonard. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he said you're going to talk about Jaws in the next episode, I said, you're going to need a bigger episode. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that's exactly. That's what we're doing. So uh, we're a monthly show once a month for now. And who knows? Maybe. If we have more time and if there's actual demand, we'll try to get more out. But right now, we can. Me and him can only really do one month, once a month. Mm-hmm. So, Ben, if you want to be alert. Uh, all right. If you like listening to Matt Benson talk about things on podcasts, well, you should listen to Shut Up Leonard, where it's uh, Matt Benson and, and me talking about community. Uh, it's coming back really soon, guys. March 17th. It's going to be on Yahoo Screen. <gasps> uh, so, in the lead up to that, uh, ever since you know uh, uh, season uh, five ended, we went back through and did all of season two, uh, and now we're waiting for season six. But while that while we waited, we've been doing things that are kind of related to community. We talked about the web series that they did for a while. Uh, we talked about um, Monster House, which Dan Harmon and Rob Schaub wrote part of before the executives took it away and made it into a mess. Uh, we just did an episode on Scud, the nice. disposable assassin, which Dan Harmon wrote a couple of issues of. Rob Schraub did the art for. I have to listen to that. I have to listen to that episode. It's, Scud's an amazing comic. It's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. it's really something. And uh, just added to Netflix, Harmontown, the documentary. So that means next week, our final episode before season six starts, we're going to do an episode on Harmontown, the cool. documentary. Nice. Nice. Are you going to do a mini episode on the trailer that just premiered this week? Or uh, we, that tied into Scud. All right. We, we put that at the beginning of the Scud episode. Nice. So check that out. ShutUpLeonard.com, at ShutUpLenPod on Twitter. Uh, just what's your, what's your Twitter handle? You didn't say. Pretty simple. At uh, Justin Kizon. Oh, there you go. On Twitter. So. Uh, if Tom was here, he'd tell you about uh, his website, Optograb.org, or to go read his stuff on ReadWave.com. And he has short stories available on Amazon and Smashwords. You can find those probably through uh, his website, Optograb.org. Or if you just search him, uh, Thomas Willett. Jordan.
I'm a broadcast over at Gamers Hall Weekly, and this Saturday, uh, 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific Soap Standard Time, uh, I'll be streaming Kirby and the Rainbow Curse on the Wii U, and that should be a lot of fun. I've already played a little bit of that game, and it is more Kirby, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it has maybe the cutest intro I've ever seen to a video game, maybe. Uh, it makes that clear because the premise for Kirby saving the world is because he can't eat an apple. Oh, no. And no. he's really upset that he can't eat his delicious red apple. So the only way he's going to get that apple is if he helps save the world. Okay. And that makes sense if you've seen the intro. Oh, but, please. Yeah. I Kirby. love uh, Kirby, the Nintendo 64 game. Kirby right. and the Shattered Shard? Oh, Sh- oh. Shattered Star? Sure. I don't know. There's stars in Mario series. There's something all kinds shard. Of stuff. Crystal I don't shard. want to live in a world where Kirby doesn't eat an apple. That's right. what I just want to say. Well, yeah. but it, whatever's going on no in, in the Crystal no. Shard movie, he goes he, or game, he goes to like different planets. Like it's there just like insane. Yeah. Maybe that was their precursor to uh, Mario Galaxy. Um, and then, of course, come to twitch.tv backslash Gamersault Weekly, uh, not just Saturday, but Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday as well, because every every other day. And sometimes three days in a row, uh, we'll be uh, we'll be streaming games from five to seven Pacific Standard Time. Okay. So be sure to come back. Thanks. Uh, you can check out other podcasts on the Benview Network at benviewnetwork.com or follow uh, follow it on Twitter at Benview Network. Uh, our personal website is nebpodcast.com, or you can uh, email us nebpodcast at gmail.com. We love to hear your opinions on movies. If you agree or disagree with us, movies you think we should check out, uh, or uh, on Twitter. At any of you podcast. My personal Twitter is at Podcaster Andrew. I can't remember if I said that. Did you say yours? Nope. At True Valk. All right. Good gone. And now it's time for Guess the Ending. You'll never guess how it ends. It uh, looks like Justin's up first. Oh, I don't have that. What is he doing? Tell him. I'm doing the second best exotic. Marigold Hotel. Second Marigold oh, exotic can't. best. Every single time I've been saying that in my head, I forgot the exotic. <laughs> it's exotic. Dang. Okay. So, if you guys don't know, this is the sequel. Yeah, tell, read the little description. Yeah, you got to read this again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know what's happening here. Okay, the second best <laughs> exotic Marigold Hotel. As the best exotic Marigold Hotel has only a single remaining vacancy... Posing a rooming predicament for the, for two fresh arrivals, Sonny pers- I'm sorry. I'm gonna assume this guy. Sorry, Sonny pursues his ex- expansionist dream of opening a second hotel. There's the movie. So, <laughs> oh my goodness, it's a sequel to the best. Hold on, the best exotic marigold hotel. So the concept of this film, it will be expanding to the second best. So what happens at the end of the second best. <laughs> <laughs> this is Exotic a great gag. Marigold Hotel. I like that you're keeping this gag up. Oh, no, it's, it's not a gag. I don't remember what it's called. Uh, the, no one does. The Marigolds are exotic no, in hey, this did hotel. You, did you this see is the a p- longer title than the Hunger Games colon Mockingjay colon part one colon Pushed by, based on, on books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. You didn't see the press screening where the people who make this movie were talking. They had to keep looking at the their paper to make sure they were getting the name right. Maggie Smith was like, "God damn it, what is it called?" <laughs> well, yes, when I did, yes, when we were doing Harry Potter, <laughs> that 
most there's there's no, no, no decency best. of being Harry no, Potter and the... Second, second best. Yes, the second best Harry Potter film I was in. <laughs> That's not the movie we're talking about. The ending of the second best mar- exotic marriage. Screw it. Wow. <laughs> that was not a joke that time. Wait, <laughs> so for the... The second the best ending is he drops exotic. some words from the title, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the second best exotic marigold hotel. Um, so Sonny does... He finally gets the money. He finally opens up the hotel. It's not in India. It's in America. What? What? Whoa. And the cast now contains Chevy Chase, Dan Aykroyd. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> we said that. Why? I don't even know why that's an oh no, but it just <laughs> is. Susan oh, Sarandon. No. Um, Goldie Hawn. And who's... Betty White, because everyone oh, likes geez. Betty White, and that's that's who they got to bring in, and that's what they're bringing in for the the second best exotic marigold hotel, <laughs> and now this leads into you know the hijinks, which would be the third hmm. best exotic. It's actually a motel. You're actually right. This, oh, okay. It's not that great. It's of a downgrades. Place. It's downgrades. But I'm going to tell you, man, the wackiness that will ensue in these last ten minutes with this American cast, I'm sure, will be boffo box office. Nice. For the for the weekend. See, I love I love what they did here because it's actually it makes the movie a commentary on about how America steals all the best uh, English shows and brings them over and just makes crappy versions of them. Nice, nice. Uh, all right. Strangely, Frida Pinto is now in charge of this hotel. Oh, uh, yeah, I can go for that. Yeah, that that, that I'm, oh, that's probably oh, okay. I'm going to watch the third one. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> all right, I'm going to take on Unfinished Business, uh, directed by Ken St- Scott. Starring Vince Vaughn, Dave Franco, Tom Wilkinson, and Jill Funke. Uh, a hardworking small business owner and his two associates travel to Europe to close the most important deal of their lives. But what began as a routine business trip goes off the rails in every way imaginable. And unimaginable way. What? Hold on. <laughs> I'm to be, you got to work on this. Uh, uh, they, they, look, they, they have their copy editor come in and they just, they just push it out. They don't <laughs> they even just, look at this it. This is good. Including... Unplanned stops at a massive sex fetish event and a global economic summit. Well, I feel like okay, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna skip right to the good part. Uh, so when they go, so they their unplanned stop is of course the massive sex fetish event because they're businessmen, they want to do real business things. They meet a lot of people there and they have a good time. Like it's a completely unplanned. Like they got mixed up. Uh, somebody tricked them. Uh, you know, don't worry about it. It's a comedy. Shenanigans. And so they meet a bunch of people there, and they're like, oh, wow, Like we're never going to see these people ever again. These are like really crazy people. They're, this is a crazy event. And like, you know, uh, like the old guy is like, he's having experiences he's never had in his life. Dave Franco is like, I'm so young, I don't even know what half these things are that I'm seeing. Uh, Vince Vaughn's like, this is great, I'm in my element. And uh, so then the next night, is their global economic summit. They, you know, they piece themselves together. They put on their ties and their suits and they look real nice. They walk into that boardroom. They recognize every single person at that table from being at that <gasps> fetish what? sex event. Yeah. And they're like, oh, there's some eyes wide shut shit going on right here. And, uh, and because they're such good friends with those people that they met the night before, they all get promoted. They all get the money they need for the deal. And Well, uh, it's all because nobody wants anybody else to talk about what they all experienced. Yeah, right. So they have to make a deal. They have to bring them to into the fold. Ensure yeah. silence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vince says that line of this is some eyes wide shut. Yeah, of course. Uh, clear. <laughs> he That's just what... opens the doors. He goes, this is some eyes wide shut shit. And Dave Franco goes, what's that? Because he's, he's too young. He's yeah. young. He's no. He doesn't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, he did lose his virginity twice in that movie. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I think did I unintentionally guess the real ending to Probably. this film? You I know, feel like I just like I think I, you did. I threw I kinda, a dart at a board. Here's the thing: if it's not the ending of the real movie, I'm going to tell you that's a far more that's a far more clever ending. Yeah, than the actual it's movie. better. It's better. Mm-hmm. Okay. Without seeing the rest of the movie, mm-hmm. I will bet you money that's probably better than the actual ending. Okay. Take it. I'm doing a movie called Merchants of Doubt, directed by Robert Kenner. Starring Patricia Callahan, Matthew Crawford, Stanton, a Giants. That's probably Glance. Nope. Giants. (laughs) James Hansen. A documentary that looks at pundits for hire who present themselves as scientific authorities as they speak about topics like toxic chemicals, pharmaceuticals, and climate change. We better put on our political hats right now. Okay, here we go. So. uh, I'm glad you brought your own. No, thank you. So this movie is going to unfold in a not very interesting, unspectacular fashion where it's just going to be a bunch of people talking about how uh, they are scientists, they are experts in certain fields, but their opinions are for sale. And it's just going to be about how they don't think they're doing anything wrong and about how, you know, based on how much money they get in their prospective careers that it's the only way they can make ends meet and it's it's trying to you know make you feel for the people to try and humanize them in a certain way even though they are basically lying for money but the twist on this movie comes in because they go to a convention and they accidentally walk in on the demon ball <laughs> from <laughs> and it's 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 about 4 to 6 humans walk into this zombie which vampire shindig and the last the ending sequence is just a very bloody scene where they all get ripped apart and um and the four likable characters that we met in uh what we do in the shadows uh they show up at the end of the scene and go oh oh we missed a meal (laughs) and credits roll it looks like we missed a meal. Yeah. Like, That's perfect. There you go. Yeah. I, I'm glad you got that sound bite from the movie. No, no, no. no, no That's good. Again, I, I advanced copy. Yeah, <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah. You already saw a screening, I guess. It, I, wait, when you guys get the next episode for this yeah. one, bring me back in. I'll there you go. Again. Beautiful. Uh, all right. So that about wraps it up for this episode of Nerds I Have You. Uh, next week, I believe, we're going to be reviewing Chappie. Chappie. Uh, and uh, yeah, that'll be a good one. I have. I look forward to that. Okay, I hate the name of this movie. All right, that's all why I is this say. called Chappie? This has been episode two sixteen of Nerds Have You. I'm Andrew. I'm Jordan, and I'm Justin. I don't like this movie. You are. Dang. I don't like the name of this movie. Uh, thanks for listening. It's called Short Circuit. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you? So if I'm ever intensely looking down, just know that I'm still focusing, I'm still listening to you, but my little dude is going on a quest by himself, and I gotta make sure that he's okay. I gotta be there to bring him back to life if he falls in battle. So. Fair enough. <laughs> like, I, I, am, uh, you're, I am very much invested in you. So. Yeah, it's just... More, I care more about this little what, guy what, right now. What Jordan can't tell us, and he can't hear me right now because I'm speaking on a frequency Jordan can't hear. Yeah, I can he made a head. deal with the devil that he can live forever as long as he's always playing a video game. That is, <laughs> that is, uh, and now I'm talking. The, Jordan can hear me now. You know, I'm always playing a video game, <laughs> and uh, I don't know why that is, but I just cannot not multitask. You know what I mean? I'm always watching TV, playing a video game, eating, playing a video game. Driving in a car is particularly interesting, but I can still do it.
This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.